Welcome to The Pillars. Today we're talking about fasting. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss not just what fasting is, but how you can apply it to multiple areas of your life, not just when it comes to food. Things like social media, your electronics, and even some people who may not be necessarily beneficial for your life. So enjoy. Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim. I'm Dr. Jerry. And I'm Sergeant Joe. And on today's podcast, we're going to look at fasting because it's that season for a lot of folks where in their spiritual tradition, they're going to begin a season of fasting. But we know not all of you are going to be spiritual. So we're going to look at fasting from multiple angles. Absolutely. And when we say fasting, I think a lot of people think the traditional or biblical fasting of giving up food for a certain period of time. But there's another, uh, there's a lot of different ways that we can think about fasting in terms of what it is that we give up for a constrained period of time. Definitely. You know, when I think of fasting, I think of, you know, what are what has taken up the most of your time. Hmm. So, you know, when you're looking at your life balance and you're looking at giving up something to get additional time back, you know, I look at electronic fasting, TV mm-hmm. fasting, sometimes even friendship fasting. And I think that doing it like that's key. Like that's the what, the why really are these things do occupy your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a good time period to evaluate where it, are you spending your time on? What are you putting in your body? And to go without for a bit of time. There was a famous philosopher, a Stoic philosopher named Seneca. And what he would do is a few times per year, he would put on these terrible clothes. They're <laughs> uncomfortable. He would go without food. He would just have a little bit of water and he would walk around looking like a beggar in the city where he was upper class mm-hmm. and say, is this the condition I so fear? Is this the condition I so feared? Now, why would he do it? Well, he said it was training the mind for difficult situations in the future. Mm -hmm. Because if he could go through this short period of time where he could deal with people maybe making fun of him or not having food or being hungry, he could deal with it in the future. So fasting can prepare Mm -hmm. you for those difficult seasons of your life when you might have to go without social media or you might have to go without friends. You might have to go without those things you desire but you don't truly need. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting that you put in that context because what fasting essentially does is it cuts you off from something that is comforting or is, is pleasurable or makes you feel at the very least content in the moment. And when we do that um, and we're no longer able to access whatever that resource is, we experience a sense of physiological stress. I say it's interesting because uh, I'm looking at the science of intermittent fasting. I'm looking at um, you know different peer-reviewed scientific journals in which they actually talk about the physiological impacts of going without food for a certain period of time. And at the molecular level, or at the cellular level rather, um, what this actually does is invokes a certain amount of stress on the cells themselves in the body. But what's cool about that, they use the stress uh, term not as a denigrative um, uh, term, but because it's actually good for the health of the cell. The cell actually has to reorganize its priorities actually uh, induces a process called uh, autophagy, which means it basically consumes part of itself, usually the junk parts, the things that it wasn't using that was just kind of holding on to or or takes up its uh, reserve energy stores. It actually makes the cell function more efficiently overall. That's interesting because you definitely think when fasting, sometimes you're just focusing on the spiritual component, right? Like the, the why you're going without. Um, but when you think of it as, you know, in health terms, it's, it's kind of interesting. 
to yeah. realize there's health benefits. Well, it's Barks adaptation. So mm -hmm. discomfort is a primary mechanism through which we learn and uh, we actually better ourselves. If you're in a constant state of contentment, then you have no motivation or, or desire to do anything that might um, put stress or strain on you or to, that would essentially better yourself. Um, and learning and self-improvement has to, uh, most of the time, come with some sense of discomfort. And that's because mm -hmm. we give up that, that um, thing which is comfortable, which is essentially the status quo, and, and dedicate ourselves to other priorities. And when we do that, we have to learn how to adapt to the new stresses that entails. Yeah. I mean, you think about any kind of pursuit in your, in your personal or professional life, um, if you want to achieve something, then that means you have to give up maybe something else that you like to do. I mean, simple example is um, when it comes to education. If you're going to pursue, you know, um, online distance education or in-person brick and mortar education, that means you have to now allocate a certain amount of your time during, during the day, throughout the week to that endeavor, which means you may have to give up spending time with friends or sleep mm -hmm. or uh, your exercise routine or some time that you might um, otherwise spend playing video games, things that are pleasurable, enjoyable. So it causes you to, to adapt, but that stress is ultimately beneficial in the long run. Yeah, I don't typically, like for me personally, I don't do any type of food fasting uh, for spiritual reasons or anything. But what I do is I fast from electronics or sometimes we have bad um, uh, peers, right? They're bad influences, <laughs> right? And so sometimes you need to kind of fast those away, right? So you can get to the core. But what I kind of look at is when you do go through this fasting, there's going to be this like adjustment pe mm -hmm. period like you were talking about. And I always think of it as when I remember with my children, it's like when you take the pacifier away right. or when you take the blanket away, right? Whatever that comforting tool is and you watch kind of the struggle. It's funny because when, when you take someone's cell phone away, you will see a lot of similarities between an adult mm -hmm. and a two-year-old, you know, <laughs> as far as like, give me my phone back. Well, yeah. it's true. Uh, for a few weeks, we put our phones upstairs for a few, like two hours at a time. And now we're kind of omnipresent, my spouse and I, because mm -hmm. of our jobs. So we put it upstairs on a weekend just to test it, like check every two hours, like go up. And it, you almost feel... Uh, uh, I don't know the right term, probably cognitive dissonance, like just feeling antsy. You're like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, where's my phone? Mm -hmm. I should be checking my app or this game I play. Or That's part of the Skinner box of our, our phones. I mean, we're, we're so attuned to these notifications and uh, we get a, a certain like small hit of dopamine every time we, we get that you know, little ding notification mm -hmm. or we see a number pop up on our, our screen. And so, um, you know, like the, the prototypical Skinner box, we are now conditioned to want to wanna check that and constantly recheck it. And it becomes stressful over time, mm -hmm. which is why you'll see a lot of people recommend social media fasting and you take it a step further and go whole cell phone fasting, mm -hmm. uh, depending on your, your own personal situation. But the, the research I've seen on that is that people tend to feel less anxious, less stressed. After that initial adjustment period, of course, mm -hmm. they adapt and all of a sudden it's like their minds are now free and they can uh, focus more wholeheartedly on other things. I'm always surprised with how much time I actually have back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm actually bored, which is really crazy <laughs> concept for how fast life can go. Sure. And so when you're sitting there and you're just like, wow, I don't have anything to do. It's interesting to try to create new opportunities for yourself instead of returning back to the phone. But 
doing something different. Absolutely. And, and that goes right alongside with what we talked about in episode number 59 on instant gratification. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we check our phones just because we're bored mm-hmm. or we'll scroll endlessly through one of our news feeds on our, our social media apps um, just because it's something to do. But when you take that away, then all of a sudden you experience that sensation of boredom and have to find a constructive means to, to deal with that. And one of our five minutes to thrive talked about boredom can spark creativity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, but for food fasting, we do want to caveat that if you are interested in fasting, check with your healthcare provider. We're yes. not giving you medical advice mm-hmm. or any of those things, but we, I would suggest maybe take a period of time and uh, go without sugar or try without mm-hmm. alcohol or something that you really enjoy that maybe has taken um, maybe too much of a center of your life or taken up too much. Um, it could be for me, I went at about 75 and a half days, I argue, because my wife went 76 days without meat. We did vegetarianism for that amount of time. Uh, but the thing about it is that uh, period of time helped me to understand I didn't really need that to survive. Whereas before, as someone who values physical fitness said, well, I need to eat this much protein. It has to be chicken. It has to be meat. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find it through alternative sources and change my diet. It was difficult at first, but it was helpful for me. Now, not everyone needs to go on a vegetarian uh, kind of situation or just eating more, uh, eating vegetables, but you know, try eliminating something from your mm-hmm. diet for a period of time that you're used to. Yep. Like even just something so simple as um, soda right Mm -hmm. out of your diet common vice oh my gosh you know watching some of the folks just that we work with you know like (laughs) they're they're big cups full of soda Mm -hmm. and and sometimes they go back for different cans and it's just interesting to think like how often that is so simple into our diet we don't even realize the ounces the sugar the other chemicals. I, I want to offer a caution here because we're talking about fasting and usually that implies you essentially kind of quit things cold turkey. Um, Don't but do I, that. I, I <laughs> want to um, you know, just bring up that uh, people can be addicted, believe it or not, to these high amounts of sugar, especially caffeine that we regularly intake. And so uh, if you cut yourself off from that all at once, you make literally experience withdrawal symptoms. Um, Not just low energy, but probably crabbiness and um, yeah, a bit bit lower frustration tolerance. Mm -hmm. And so try to be be mindful of that if you are gonna go on a a fasting, maybe not cut it necessarily out all entirely at once. Uh, But there are a lot of really cool physiological benefits to fasting, especially Mm -hmm. um, since we're now talking about it, intermittent fasting when it comes to food. So, the, the science behind this goes back to our Paleolithic days, and don't worry, I'm not going to get into some fad diets here. Uh, but the idea was that there were times when our ancestors didn't have a steady source of food. And they may, uh, if you think back to the hunter-gatherer society, um, droughts, animal migration, things of that nature affected the, the food supply. And so they could go you know, days, sometimes even weeks, without a steady supply of food. And so our bodies, from an evolutionary standpoint, just became adapted to uh, ebbing and flowing when it comes to our food intake. And so it's actually not um, abnormal for us to go through intermittent fasting. In fact, it's something that our body uh, physiologically is very well prepared for. Case in point, when we eat, our pancreas, uh, beta cells in our pancreas produce insulin and um, that's designed to help break down all the glucose that's coming in through our, the blood sugar basically that's coming in through our food sources. And that spikes initially after we eat and then it starts to, to decline after a time. But if we don't have any more food after say a period of like four to eight hours, then what, ha- what starts to happen is our liver goes into something called glycolysis. Basically our, our liver stores up a whole bunch of uh, blood glu- or glucose that can then release into the bloodstream to provide us with additional energy throughout the day. So it's already like prepped 
and ready for us to go into a, a pseudo-starvation mode. Now, if let's say 24 hours goes by and we still haven't eaten anything else, then uh, something called gluconeogenesis starts. And it's basically our body starting to produce glucose on its own. And where does it get this from? Our fat stores. Mm -hmm. And this can continue on for several more days without necessarily uh, very detrimental effects to our body. Now, I will caveat this by saying our brain is one of the biggest consumers of energy resources mm -hmm. um, in our body. In fact, I believe it's like 40% uh, of our total energy stores are consumed by our brain. And that's because of so much that is happening. And so um, we need sugar, we need complex carbohydrates. I definitely don't recommend cutting those all out, but if you do, you do decide to go into intermittent fasting, um, there are periods through which you can do this where it won't necessarily be detrimental and could actually be helpful um, in terms of insulin production and other hormonal effects in your body. Um, there's a few different ways that people recommend doing this. One is the 16 to eight hour rule. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this, Chaplain? Mm -hmm. Where you eat for eight hours and 16 hours without eating. Yeah, an easy way to do this is just skip breakfast in the morning. Maybe have water or coffee instead and then you have a, a lunch and dinner. The important part of this though is to not to change the, the normal caloric intake that you have at that lunch and dinner time. Some people will compensate by um, eating really big meals, mm -hmm. right? And then you're, you're basically canceling out the effects of it. So cal overall calorie intake does still matter here, especially if you're looking to, to lose weight um, or if you're trying to be more healthy in terms of the choices that you eat, that still plays a role as well. But another way to do this is the 5-2 rule. Have you heard of this before? No. Mm -hmm. No, so this is, um, instead of hours in the day, it's days of the week. So you basically pick two days, ideally not back to back, throughout the week where you don't eat. And then you have normal meals on the remaining five days. And that can produce some, some of the same positive effects of intermittent, intermittent fasting as well. Um, and I know some people have concerns when it comes to um, getting their electrolytes and micronutrients. I've s seen several articles, and again, these are peer-reviewed scientific journal articles, one's from the Journal of Applied Physiology, um, that talk about how just taking a um, multivitamin can help you get the micronutrients you need in those intermittent fasting days. And maybe even on, on those um, fasting days, if you do do the 5-2, you can have up to 500 calories and still be, you know, perfectly well off and not experience significant cognitive or other mm -hmm. phys physical deficits and still have the same, roughly the same amount of energy that you would normally have throughout the day. The important part is to try to continue your routine as closely as you were before and not try to compensate, you know, either before or after with eating more or, or uh, changing your physical activity. That's really interesting. I'd never heard of that type of intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. even the eight to 16, that's very interesting. I think even our co-worker, doesn't she do something like that? Her stomach in mm -hmm. the mornings are always like super <laughs> growly and she's like, I can't eat till 9.30. And I'm just like, girl, like it gets crazy. Um, but that makes more sense if she's doing something like that. But she'll say she has more energy and can yeah, do she does. Well. Yeah, She always reports she feeling really good and needing less caffeine yeah. in the day. And because again, you're, you're inducing stress on uh, a number of different levels of your, your physiology and your, your hormonal balances, but this is ultimately good because it causes adaptation. And so you know, if you're looking at doing something more long-term, you can kind of experiment with which um, regulatory schedules work best for you. Some people just given their, their activity throughout the day or maybe their constraints when it comes to work or family life, maybe a 16-8 schedule is gonna work better for them. Um, for other people who maybe have a bit more flexibility or maybe you know there's some days during the week where they just don't have time for food, mm -hmm. maybe a 5-2 is gonna work better for them.
Well, we talked about a whole bunch of ways you can explore fasting today, whether it's intermittent fasting or fasting from electronics or even maybe some people that might be maybe energy vampires taking some energy yeah. from you uh, or your phone or whatnot. But I challenge you just to try in this season where you're going to be surrounded by people who are fasting in different ways to try to give something up for a period of time. Maybe just mm -hmm. give up your phone for half a day or, or don't open social media for a week or try something different for once. Please don't fast from podcasts though, especially <laughs> this one, but whatever you'd like to do, just just give it a give it a go. Yeah, and, and find something positive to replace yes. it with. So, so if you're going to give up, um, you know, let's say social media or electronics, for example, replace it with something that's engaging. You know, spending more time with friends or family, going for a walk, things of that nature. Something that's going to cause uh, create added benefit for your life. I definitely think one of the important parts too is if you are going to give up something, don't just power through it. Don't put your head down, just be like, I'm going to fast for whatever because this is the goal I've set. But take time to really think about how do you feel with this fasting? You know, get a little mm. insight into yourself. Why are you having such an adjustment issue? Or did you even realize you didn't have an adjustment issue at all? Like it was fine giving whatever you gave up. You mm. know, kind of develop a little insight into how you tick because so often we don't pay attention to who we are or how we operate. And we just kind of go through our lives in like this really crazy sprint. Um, and so, you know, think about it. This forced yeah. you to slow down. It's yeah. a great point. Yeah, so you could find that maybe this thing that you gave up wasn't that big, mm -hmm. uh, important deal that you thought it was going to be. Or exactly. conversely, maybe it was controlling a lot more of your life than you thought it was. And you find yourself literally withdrawing from that. And so it may, may cause you to reconsider how much uh, of an impact you're allowing that yeah. to have on, on your day to day. Definitely. We want to thank you for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim. I'm Dr. Jair. And I'm Sergeant Joe. Until next time, we look forward to hearing you. Thank you for what you do. And uh, just reach out to us in any way you'd like to. Bye.